Have you ever been to Rome, the city? Uh, I have, yeah. What did you think of it? Uh, and to be honest, I was there for about five hours as part of a stop-off on a longer cruise, and all I really remember was my stepbrother um, getting very upset because he'd ordered a burger at some kind of roadside van, and they took too long, and then the tour had to move on, so he didn't get his burger. That's my Rome story. Ah, was this a Zeppelin cruise? Rome's in the middle of the country. Uh, yeah, I uh, we stopped at a port and then took a bus in. But Italy's massive. I mean, you must have been on the road for days. No, no. Oh, it's quite thin, isn't it? Yeah. It's, like you- it's a, a nice, yeah, it's a quite a, a tight-cut boot, isn't it? But I went to Vatican City. Uh, I got a key ring, and on one side it had the old Pope, and on the other side it had the new Pope. When you spin the the key ring round, does like church doctrine change? <laughs> if you spin it, if you spin it round, it looks like they're kissing. Um, that's forbidden. No, I don't know. No, that's not, that's not true. <laughs> um, but this was like pre Pope Francis, so this was this was old um, John Paul into JP. Ratzinger. Oh, what a metamorphosis that is. Mm. Did Ratzinger die? Oh, what a time to ask about a Pope's death. Throwing the shadow of papal mortality over the theme tune. Sorry, folks. Electronic Wireless Show, episode 105, uh, Rock Paper Shotguns, PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, and this week you may have already been able to guess our topic uh, ahead of time from our extended interview uh, uh, intro chat, uh, but we won't dive into it straight away, first of all, to introduce ourselves, so uh, I'm Alice Bell, and I'm of course joined this week as every week by Beware the Ides of Matt. Hello. Uh, otherwise known as Matthew Castle and Nate and a presence. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't feel anything, but it was weird when uh, I just tried to write Nate in Zencaster and it, it added and a presence. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll find out about that in uh, in due course. How how are you both today, Matt? How how's your day been? Uh. It's been a bit frustrating this morning because I've been trying to capture some footage of animals in Flight Simulator, and it turns out looking for a virtual flamingo in the entire Earth is very much a needle in a haystack <laughs> scenario. <laughs> um, uh, You'd think that'd be the easiest. They form massive pink flocks that are visible from space. Yeah, but like I've been trying because it's all simulated sort of semi-realistically to begin with. I thought. Well, I'll search on Google for like popular flamingo locations and then fly there and see if they they naturally occur and they didn't. But then I found a separate setting where you can 
I don't think animals are in this early version of the game like spread everywhere where they should be. I think there are a few set locations because you can you can type in fauna and then it gives you like here are 20 locations where these animals occur um but i could not for the life of me get them to appear i found i saw some giraffes actually um what are they doing in a flight simulator they can't fly (laughs) they wouldn't be able to fit (laughs) yeah but they are like because they're tall like their head is in the sky you know I'd say the giraffe is the close. Actually, I was about to say the giraffe is the closest thing the animal kingdom has to a plane. Forgetting about birds uh, <laughs> and bats, <laughs> uh, just on the grounds that their heads are closer to the sky than any other animal. Uh, so could you leap into like a fighter jet and fly like a, a Han Solo distance from the ground and just sort of decapitate them like some sort of hellish lawnmower? I didn't because I get quite nervous close to the ground. Uh, but, I, you know, I was there. I paused. I, I sort of stopped above them and had a good look at them trekking around. Um, but I want to see the flamingos because in the trailer, there are great flocks of them. And it just looks amazing because they're, you know, they tend to be against those sort of uh, almost sort of luminescent kind of tropical waters. And that's what I want to see. But I've yet to find, find anything like that. Are there jibs when you smash into things? No, it fades instantly to black. Well, no, but if you like, you know, just like hurtle through a giraffe's neck at six hundred miles an hour, you're telling me there's no satisfying rain of chunks. Uh, I don't think so. I've actually told a story about this on this podcast before, but neither of you were on the episode where one of my stepdad's uh, favorite tales used to tell us when we were kids, and it's probably. A, a lie, but I, I like to go along with it. Was that his uh, father-in-law had this dog that was really, really loyal to him? Absolutely loved him, and his father-in-law was also a pilot. And at one point, uh, the family went to see him as he landed at this airport. And the dog saw him inside the cockpit, oh, ran no. up to greet his master, and jumped through the propellers. Um, oh. <laughs> which <laughs> no. I don't know if I've told that that one. I think I have told that story before, actually. I don't think so. No, I think Sin was on the episode, and Sin was not impressed with my dog mincing escapades. Oh. But then this is, in fairness, this is the duality of Nate Crowley as well, is that Nate loves creatures, but also loves the idea of mincing creatures, especially <laughs> in video games. I, it must be said, a dark aspect overcomes me when I play Red Dead Redemption 2. Um Matthew's experienced that, haven't you? Yes. First hand. I mean, really, really excess, really sinister. Like, I, like you can say I've seen like an alligator get stabbed, but like I've really seen an alligator get stabbed. I was you really know? like verbally cruel to that turtle as well. I said, <laughs> what was it? I said it was like Bowser, but with no ambition. <laughs> So, well, I'll link that in the show notes as well uh, this week so you can enjoy Nate's nature tour through Red Dead Redemption. Um, but uh, we're not here to talk about Red Dead Redemption uh, or nature. Uh, we're here to talk about Rome and the glory of Rome. This is ah. the Roman special. Yeah, it uh, is that time of year when a person's thoughts turn to Rome. As they do every August. Yeah, well, I mean, the the clue's in the name, isn't it? 
Mm. Uh, Named after Barry August, the uh, <laughs> king of Rome. <laughs> uh, and uh, Nate, you are a Roman expert. Uh, oh, well, not not me. I, I've got a friend who knows a, a thing. Or oh, two. you do. That's true. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of games about Rome, but they all seem to be sort of along the same theme. Um, that the they're all sort of like strategy kind of map painting kind of war games or uh city builders aren't they well yeah i did a bit of research into this uh after recklessly announcing on the spur of the moment that we'd do a roman special and not giving <laughs> either of you two a chance to disagree because it was on air uh and i've realized two things that yeah uh, you're absolutely right like Pretty much every Roman game is some sort of straight-laced strategy business. And also, like they have really dropped off a cliff in terms of popularity uh, with developers since, like in the early 90s, you couldn't move for Rome. Whereas now, it's... Well, yeah. Well, I mean... I, I... I was going to throw a slight curveball into this because I, I too was was looking into the history of Roman games, and I think while you are absolutely right that that describes PC Rome games, all any Rome game on console, and I know console isn't really a home of strategy, so it makes sense, but they're all about like being a grunt in foreign lands, like murdering barbarians. And I thought it was interesting that there was this very clear split that like console players only ever get to play as grunts while the PC players are the rulers of Rome. I think there's an interesting kind of oh. uh, captures the, maybe Ooh. the mindset of True. two audiences. Yeah. That is spicy. <laughs> that is a, that's a boiling hot take. <laughs> well, they made, there was a... Uh, uh, Creative Assembly made a, a console. <laughs> they made a console game, which was Sp- well, it was Sp- uh, Spartan, Spartan Total Warrior, and the Romans were the bad guys. Um, but I had it on GameCube, and it was basically a, a Total War. But what if it was a hack and slash game instead? So it had the scale of like Total War battles, but you controlled one bloke chopping up at everyone else. Well, that sounds uh, really good. <laughs> sort of like a, a Dynasty Warriors. Yes, yes, sort of. Yeah, kind of like a cross between Dynasty Warriors and I don't know if you ever played like those Lord of the Rings tie-ins, which were like oh, yeah. quite fun, kind of button mashing, sort of almost like it's almost a bit of like Streets of Rage or something in there. It's all a little bit, you know, it's not Gandalf eating chicken out of bin, but it's kind of <laughs> it's, it's kind of. A similar level of like mental input required, uh, but I just thought it was interesting that console players kind of it almost felt like console players were playing the battles that PC players were were deciding to sort of send their men on or something with the the grim First World War generals. Yeah, but hang on, yeah. these days with the crossplay capabilities we've got, like what is to stop that being a game? Well, well, that's isn't that wasn't that true. Wasn't that what they were meant to be doing with that that Eve game? I can't remember if it came out. There was Eve, and then there was like a console version, which was like 
you are the soldiers who go into spaceships and you're like you play an individual like mercenary but you you'd basically decide the outcome of the battles for the players who are playing Eve online. Oh, so when you said the soldiers who go on spaceships it sounded like you were really trying to awkwardly avoid the copyright of the term space marine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I've, I've just in this heat, my brain is is constructing everything from quite basic building blocks. You play as the uh, fighting men. I uh, show a preference for for combat in a in a vacuum between planets. <laughs> yeah, the aggressive astronauts. <laughs> that is what I'm calling space marines from now on. Mm. Um. Well, because I, I, that's a very good point, Matthew, because I was just because like most games about Rome are probably like strategy and kind of buildy games just because that's what we think of when we think of Rome, you know, like culturally they're the big empire boys, aren't they? I mean, before mm. Britain was, but like, like they swept through like Europe and Africa and, and had their big big Roman army and their fourth citizenship and all that kind of stuff. And so it makes sense that like that they occupy that cultural footprint in your brain. Mm. Well, I think what the Romans did, and this is a, I mean, this is a proper pub reckon. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I do not have the, uh, you know, the historical education to, to back this up. But I think what the Romans were really good at is branding like there ha- there had been lots of big empires you know before them um and there were lots after but they yeah they were just really well they had a brand didn't they like the bloody eagle and the columns yeah. and people waving their arms and togas and that and so when all of the various like grim empires emerged from medieval europe everyone wanted to to cosplay as rome basically because yeah. it had such a strong brand uh it it stayed for all that time it wasn't like um you know when you had the neoclassical revival they didn't want to be like bloody yeah nebuchadnezzar off of babylon whatever <laughs> did they <laughs> well what, like can you imagine if like like I guess countries do do PR now, but like if the Roman Empire was like doing what PR is now, and we were getting emails in our inbox being like, "Reminder: New ballista leaves early access today." <laughs> like, you'd just be like some Mediterranean island being ruled by a small principality, and you'd just get an email like saying, "Would you like a hands-on demo of being in the Roman Empire?" <laughs> We'll send five million legionaries to conduct the demonstration with you. But they might take you out for a pub lunch, so it's all right. Yeah. And you'd have like a uh, battered dormice and a pint of thick wine. But <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some of, like, what's your favourite game about Rome, Nate? I think probably. There's a lot of good games with Rome in, um, you know, like Civilization franchise and stuff. Because if you're going to be a game with civilizations in you, you can't really avoid Rome. But the the best Rome specific one, I didn't think you can beat Caesar three. Mm. That's a good and one, wasn't it? Why Caesar three specifically? I really like the granaries. 
<laughs> and it had ostriches. What? What is it about the granaries that you enjoyed? Well, they were a pleasant sort of round tower. They looked very... You'd look at that and think, yeah, that's that's where you store your grain. Um, it's where I learnt the term granary. Oh. And they had these little um, sockets along the top. And as you filled your granary with Roman dinner, um, the sockets would fill up fill up and there were eight of them so if it was a quarter full two sockets etc um so i guess they went up in 12 and a half percent per socket increment i just found that really pleasing that's some good grain maths right there yeah this is so good you could just could uh, you put could you put oats in your granary uh oh well yeah and if you filled it up then you'd have Hashtag big oats. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I was like baseball. Uh, what well, um, was Caesar just about building a city? Like, was, did it have an empire aspect to it? I swear I had a Caesar game, but I can't remember what the. In my head, it's just Roman Sim City, but is it more than that? No, it was just Roman Sim City. Okay. But that, that was, it was part of the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was part of the kind of uh, amazing, amazing tier city builders that included uh, Zeus, Master so, of Olympus. Was it a Sierra um, thing? Yeah. yeah. Impressions um, was, was the label. So they had, um, I don't know what Caesar 1 and 2 were. Um they could have been porn games, for all I know. I, I don't. I don't no, probably think. Probably not. I would... <laughs> what? What a pivot! Um, I don't think Caesar One, at least, was anything like Caesar Three. But I mean, Caesar Three was the one that sort of set the template, and then they did Zeus, and then they did uh, Pharaoh, which is one of my favourites ever, and then Emperor of the Middle Kingdom, which is the China one, and the best city building game of all time. Ooh. Well, did it uh, if if your city went to like like what the, in the lifespan of your city in Caesar three, did it end like were you working towards like the last days of Rome, the, the fall of Rome? <laughs> That's the goal. Um, is, is that like is that it? I don't know. Did, no, they... it, it told the story of of Rome, and you were given um, like missions that went through different moments in the so you'd start off with just like you're just getting some scum to build a hut and think about maths i don't know um <laughs> like really really early day stuff but then by the end there'd be all wine and marble and, and things like that Ooh, and, my favorite do you think there was an like achievement a lovely... if you build rome in a day <laughs> <laughs> oh la la oh thanks <laughs> Yeah, I do often think about like it would be good if you could choose to start as Remus. I do think like what? How would the world be different if Rome was called Reem? You know, <laughs> the Remans, the Remers. Exactly. Yeah. Didn't Romulus eat him or something? I guess I can't remember. There's some something to do with wolves, but I can't remember if the wolves were a metaphor or if they actually were wolves. I, I, don't know. T- I think they could both turn into wolves. That's it. They were the stars of the game Altered Beast. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> no, the wolf had tits, didn't it? And oh no, that's it. They were they were abandoned and they suckled on 
they were they were raised by a wolf and then and then what do you think wolf milk is like oh musky <laughs> can you imagine just like downing a pint of chilled wolf milk well it, w- it would be body temperature wolf milk if you mm. were suckling straight from from the tea wouldn't it just kind of kind of horrible to to comprehend well, i learned that all milk tastes a bit like the sweat of the beast it's from because milk is in fact a modified sweat what how when you say you learned that how you know how i learned that yeah by smelling a goat farm because <laughs> uh that lovely taste in goat's milk and goat's cheese just goat sweat because platypus oh, really... suck all their young by sweating. But you can't drink your own sweat and ha- and it tastes like a delicious glass of milk. Uh, it tastes quite a lot like human milk. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I got really curious uh, when my partner was breastfeeding our daughter because um, she had to express loads. And there was some that was like had gone off, not gone off, but like it's not safe to give it after to right. the baby after like a certain amount of time, but it's still good. And I said, "Oh, can I just have this?" And I did, and uh, yeah, it's like sweat. Wow, creamy you, sweat. You heard Late. it here first. Wow, was that I too much? <laughs> Do you think the fact that Rome kept up the wolf milk, like? Even once Rome was there, and it just—it was just like a weird thing everyone had to like deal with. Yeah, every emperor on the day they took the throne, all the gladiators would stand around chanting "chug, chug, chug" <laughs> until they drank an entire amphora of wolf milk. Uh, I mean, they're also like we should talk about you know the war games as well, like Rome as a faction in. In kind of strategy games, are there are there common traits that they have in strategy games? The Romans are they aggressive, or yeah, interesting that actually with their AI, um, they're one of the people you like in Civ Five particularly. Uh, them and Shaka Zulu were like the bad neighbours. Um, you know, you just knew it was over before it started if you had those two bruises show up on your doorstep. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they they really appeal um, in, you know, as, as factions in strategy games because of the organisation and the, I mean, the, yeah, there's the big thing about Rome, isn't it, that they, they standardise the military. So legionaries on, I was about to say every continent, like the Romans had bases in Australia. Um <laughs> But, you know, for all over the empire would be using swords made to the same pattern and, you know, would have their admin done in the same way. Mm. So it lends itself easily to faction design for a strategy game because, you know, they're very neat and orderly and you can sort of work out what buffs to give them. I mean, they're really the, um, in terms of uh, of sort of multiple civilization 4X games and things like that, they're very much the... Um, the sort of the straight man, the the the, the Ken from Street Fighter. Um, I think you say Ken from Coronation Street. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're very very seen as very vanilla, aren't they? They're the basic sort of uh, expansionist civilization. Yeah. 
So who would they be from EastEnders? Oh. Ian Beale? He was an expansionist on The Quiet, wasn't he, actually? She owned quite and, a few businesses. Yeah. And he's been there forever. Yeah. But then you could also see the Mitchells as being like the Eastern and the Western Empire. So like after <laughs> Phil like just goes mad and starts taking crack all the time. <laughs> like, he's the Western Empire. Yeah. And it's up to Grant to, <laughs> to discover the Christian faith. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I did. You probably didn't know, but Grant Mitchell actually hired bodyguards from as far afield as Finland. (laughs) Uh, They they travelled up the Danube to form an elite regiment known as the Brantian Guard. (laughs) He lived in his garage. Um, um, Well, I mean, but the Romans weren't just. They, they were quite fun and whimsical as well, you know. So it is good to see them. They turn up in um, Assassin's Creed Oranges and you get to battle Caesar and that. Um, there hasn't been an outright Roman Assassin's Creed, has there? I think there might have been one of the sp- spin... Ooh. Wait, let me they just maybe... use my Googleless. Yeah, I think they might turn up in one of the spin-offy ones. But I mean, the, I, the Assassin's Creed 2 and Assassin's Creed Broho and Revlay, um, they're all set, you know, in, in post-ancient Rome. Yeah. So you could, you do get to like run around all the, the ruined Colosseum bits and that, which is fun. You get to give the Pope a thump, don't you? You do get to give the Pope a thump. This is twice we've gone dangerously near, just outright... Pope beasting, like. <laughs> um, let's not beast the Pope. It's, it's fine. But can we get back to my opening question, actually? Did um, yeah. Ratzinger resign or burst? Oh, he, resi- he resigned. That's what was so weird about it. You're meant to wait until he burst, if you like all the previous Popes burst, but then he was just like, nah, I don't fancy it anymore. That's why there's a, a piece of papal propaganda cinema called the two popes which has got uh anthony hopkins and um, jonathan price yeah was there a thing called the young pope yeah because i call my cat that it was like a meme on twitter for a week <laughs> and it just stuck with me so i'll just like come across my cat and be like yeah, oh, that's the Ju- jude law is the young pope that's it's, like oh, the, it's that's the like sexy pope, pope. Like, the sexy pope so like is it like Young Sherlock Holmes or like young Indiana Jones, where he's like on. No, it's a it's like what happens if like a young cool dude becomes Pope, and he basically uh, just like he walks around in like his boxer shorts, smoking in the Vatican. Like this Pope, f-s. yeah, basically, yeah, basically, <laughs> and that's that's like the central conflict of the show is like, can is he allowed to? Is it bad? Matter, he's the Pope. Was it endorsed by the Church? I don't think so. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. Imagine, though. Um, did, did you ever see that? There was that Dan Brown one, which was about Ewan McGregor trying to, like, his evil scheme was so that he could become Pope, and it involved him jumping out of a helicopter with a bomb at the end. What? I beg yeah, your pardon. He, like, engineered, he, like, engineered, like, a terrorist attack on the Vatican, which he could then save so that they made him the Pope. 
that was like his evil plan. He was going to put like a black hole in in the Vatican and suck it in the Vatican, and then he jumped out of a helicopter and saved it. And then Tom Hanks decked him, I think. <laughs> oh, I feel I feel like I'm very very drunk all of a sudden. <laughs> that's true. That's well, that's I, all true. Uh, is this, this is the heat or? It's, uh, it's not. <laughs> that was uh, what was it? Angels and Demons. That I don't want to believe that's true, and yet it sounds like it definitely is. Mm. The, two the, popes, of lies. A, the two popes is a is a shocking piece of very biased pro pope propaganda. Pro pope propaganda. Um, that's good. Thank you, but it is also quite a fun, like old men being buddies film. And there's a there's a really good bit where like um, Jonathan Price's Pope gets like voted in as Pope in the, the scene where they're all going like, and they're reading out all the votes people have made, and they and they say like Bogoglio Cardinale, and then it does this bit where like the cardinals basically do that. The son of a bitch, he did it. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but about being Pope, but it's really good. Um, I did want to mention as as well, uh, Rise, Son of Rome, before we move on to the, the Calvin of Lies. Yeah, I, uh, I, that was the big flashy, wasn't that the Xbox One launch game? Yeah. It also came to PC, a, cry, a Crytek graphics-a-thon. More like yeah. a cry for help. <laughs> Well, well, indeed. It was what. What was that one that was set in London? That was like this, a similar thing where it was like, "Oh, look at the fidelity." Oh, that was the Order eighteen eighty two or something. Yeah, that was the one which was like amazing graphics. As long as you liked a man walking down just an alley, like the best, <laughs> the best alley you've ever seen. I think, it, yeah, it's that's a terrible. That is a terrible, terrible game. But not PC, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but. Rise, Son of Rome was sort of similar, and that it was like, look, this is showing off the capabilities of the Xbox One, and it, it's like it, it's like a third-person action RPG. But but like to give you a flavour, the uh, most popularly user-defined tag for it is QuickTime events. <laughs> yeah, I think you can QuickTime an uh, an elephant to death. I think <laughs> isn't there like a bat? Is that a thing? Would yeah. Romans have, have legitimately come across battle elephants? Yeah. Have you ever heard of a little fella called Hannibal? Uh, crossing the Alps. I think they... Sh- who's the... Who's the? I think I think in the game, one of the boss fights is against... Who's the sort of the warrior queen in Britain? Boudicca. Yeah, sir. I think, yeah. you've, I think she's a boss fight and she's on an elephant. That, that wouldn't happen. She famously was on a chariot. Oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm muddling up my elephants and chariots. Well, a chariot is sort of nature's elephant, isn't it? So. That's what they call. That's how they advertised it back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but I that that is that was an attempt at the uh, the and I remember like it. Everyone was really disappointed because like the battle, the the combat, and it was basically just all quick time. And, yeah. Because it's, it's got lots of like lads doing that. You know that that handshake you do where you don't shake hands. You grasp each other's forearms in a, in a manly way oh like, yeah i, I don't yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't go in for those personally i just want to like i don't know get scratched by watch straps and things um uh, but I, I don't uh, know that, 
I was trying to find more Roman games to talk about, so I typed in Romans on Steam and I downloaded something called Romans Christmas, but it turned out to be a detective novel for furries. (laughs) Uh, I knew you'd get detectives into this some way. (laughs) Yeah, this is a weird detective. I say weird, I mean, who am I to judge? But it was like a dog. He's like a dog man. Um, And it wasn't really much to do with Romans, as far as I could tell. Was he called Roman? He was called Roman, yeah, and he was a dog and a detective, and I I don't know much about furries, but I did think I did it did jump out at me that like every other line in this visual novel like mentions how like opulent something's fur was, and I was like, oh, they really are just into like the fur aspect. Really? That's yeah, really apparently, yeah. It was just like wow, the guy came in had a great had great fur, and I was like, oh right, well you know, each to their own. Wow. Maybe it's like a uh, a status thing, like the better your mm. fur is. Yeah, but that's Just nothing to do imagine, with Romans. Can imagine a fur suit in this this weather though. Oh, it'd be monstrous, wouldn't it? I look at our cats and wonder if they're just in agony. Yeah, because they lie out so flat on their. We've got like sort of t- not tiles, but like some kind of some kind of non carpet surface in in the kitchen that that's quite cold. And they're just like spreading themselves out as much as possible. And they become like little cat puddles. It's quite good. Oh, looking uh, through my list of Roman games here, I'm just being reminded of the, the greatest article I'll never get time to write. I really wanted to do a diary series about Total War Attila called You OK, Hun, um, <laughs> which was told entirely in the form uh, of a fictional correspondence between me and Attila the Hun. Okay. <laughs> Uh, where he just gets sort of sad. Um, I was, I really wanted it with um, Pete Stewart, who wrote for CA. So yeah, he's just um, he just left them for a new role somewhere. Actually, I saw on Twitter today, uh, but he did agree in principle. Uh, but unfortunately, I can no longer do that officially with him. Wow! So I have to be a dreamer. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I just wanted to interject because I have a good furry fact that I, I that I feel that. Nate will enjoy it. So, you know, Insane Clown Posse. Yeah. Oh, that makes it sound like I'm a massive fan. No, I appreciate the role they've had in, in you know, counterculture in recent years. Uh, so they, and they've actually, like, they seem like decent lads. Like, they've come out yeah. and talked about, like, the, the lyrics they used to use that were offensive and, and why, and, like, they're not about that anymore and they've kind of grown and stuff. But uh, Violent J, his daughter is a furry. And he's very supportive and goes to fur conventions with her and has a special fursuit, which wears his, with, like the, the head on it has his ICP makeup as markings. Amazing. I know. They do actually seem like really sound gentlemen. They, I'm not sure about their past, but I believe they are. They it's are just a shame. They will struggle. With that name, like, yeah. you know, trying to, like, set up a small business or something. You know, yeah. like, banks won't like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. You know, it, but they might want to change it to, like, normal businessman group or something. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to start start that out for normal businessman group. <laughs> Fronted uh, by Big Mike Lunchtime, obviously. Yeah, yes. Um, but yeah, uh, I do, yeah, I think there there have been attempts to branch out. Like, right? I also I cannot 
for whatever reason, I always think of Rise, Son of Rome as like, Reese, as if it was about a, a big Welsh. Reese, Welsh. Son of Rome. It is, it is odd that there aren't millions of sort of Roman fighty gladiator games, considering mm. how massive gladiator was to a certain generation. You'd think all the people who'd like gladiator would have gone on and made. You well, know. I think there are quite a lot, but they're all complete p- Right. That have been forgotten by time. Um, what I'm surprised, I, I wish there were more like, uh, imagine something in the style of Baldur's Gate um, as yeah, a Roman map. Like an isometric RPG. Like There's loads of like people to chat to about like politics and poison and that. You could play as Cicero, the you orator. You could do loads of plots. Yeah. Could some sauciness. I sure could. Just ask HBO. Well, very true. You could do, there's a series of detective novels set in ancient Rome called the, uh, what are they called? I can't remember, but they're, they're called like the Silver Pigs and the, the Bronze something. Oh, I liked those. <laughs> yeah. Did you I ever to read on them. them? I didn't have a weird name, like the Falcon or something. No. Falco, maybe. Falco? Yeah. And he was like secretly working for the emperor, and also he was poor, but had like a rich girlfriend who kept slumming it and having sex with him in bushes and that. Nice. Oh, good. You should read them, listener. <laughs> who's, who's, what's the Roman equivalent of a butler, or did they have butlers for the butler? Slaves, did unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> <just> <laughs> slaves did it, and everyone's like, yeah, I'm on board with that. <laughs> well, unfortunately, yeah, I, I think that's pretty much the Roman justice system to a T there. <laughs> It was a slave, did it? It's like any evidence? Nope. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's why it's good they're not around anymore. <laughs> uh, God, it's so hot. Do you, do you know where I'd quite like to go? Would be maybe some kind of underground cave, or a kind of cooling, dark, yeah, subterranean, some kind of cavern, maybe. Oh no, they're haunted. Are they? Yeah, you do. I don't know, but it, it's very hot. No, well, there's the cavern of lies, but I've been hearing like weird spectral clanking sounds and like maybe some oratory from down there. Uh, so you don't want to open the door. Oh, I think we should. Hang on, I think the, we should chance it. Oh, what's that on. music coming through the door? Oh, there is. Yeah. Oh. What's that? That's sort of that sort of. Ro- sort of Roman almost it sounds incredibly Roman actually really Roman yeah well I'm a bit frightened to open the door I'm just gonna uh, stand metaphorically behind you if you you wanna you wanna go ahead and and open it up okay I think well let's let's open let's open the door to the uh, to the cavern of lies Hey, citizens. A ghost. Well, it is I, Ghostus, the famous Roman ghost, here taking shelter in the cool surrounds of the Cavern of Lies. (laughs) Many Romans are found underground, as you can tell from the skeletons and pottery that are often unearthed on time, team. Sounds legit. 
<laughs> You're a big fan of Time Team, Ghostus. I find it quite disrespectful. <laughs> but it's nice to have the attention. It's all too rare for modern people to consider the glories of Rome. So even if it's through Tony Robinson digging holes through my friend's villas, I'll take what I'm given. Well, it's nice to uh, to run into you, Ghostess. We haven't seen you for a while because we've not talked much about Rome, actually, which is on us. And uh, Well, uh, it's nice to see you correcting your mistake at last. Yes. <laughs> I sound a uh, lot more whimsical and sad on radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do, don't you? Yeah. What, um, what are you doing here in the, in the Cavern of Lies, though, Ghostess? This isn't a usual haunt for you. Ah, I see what you did there, citizen. Well, I come to pose you a challenge. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, you ready for this, Matthew? I love a challenge. I shall read you a series of games about Rome. Very obscure and old ones. And you must tell me whether they are real or pretend. Ah. Get them right and you shall be awarded with a patch of land after your service to the Roman. Oh, no, that's for being a legionnaire. Um, get, get them right and I'll say well done and if you fail you'll be fed to the Jaguars okay so we're looking for we're going to play a, a round of Roman nice or ooh la la so if it's if we think it's true we'll give it a nice and uh, if we think it's a, a fake game we'll give it an ooh la la the whole thing of a location that's being haunted by a kind of preposterous spooky figure is very Scooby Doo Ghostus like, is very scary. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this, if Ghostus was actually just a sort of some kind of estate, a real estate person who wanted to turn the Cavern of Lies into a hotel. <laughs> I heard that. He <laughs> would have got, got away for it if it wasn't for those pesky citizens. <laughs> so your first game is called Gladiator Begins. Uh, and it was uh, a fighting game, uh, and the prequel to Colosseum: Road to Freedom. Ooh, oh, okay. Prequel with such a different name. And uh, it was. Do you remember the emperor from Gladiator, the naughty one, Whacking yeah. Phoenix? So this was about his dad, the Beard Emperor, who dies near the beginning. Oh, Marcus Ooh, really too, mm. who gets hugged to death. Yes, that's right. And you play uh, in what's almost certainly not an infringement on that film's intellectual property <laughs> as a, a simple slave and gladiator uh, <laughs> learns to become a warrior and becomes entangled in the politics of the imperial court. Ah. So it's an official movie tie-in. No, no, it's not at all. Oh right. <laughs> uh, I well, I was going to say it's it something like the plot of Gladiator would be a good game, wouldn't it? Mm. Or at least, and you know, a fairly easy one to to sort of plot out. And you, you, as you said, Matthew, it's surprising that. Uh, so I. I I'm leaning towards nice. I'm just thrown off by the the prequel aspect. 
I'm thrown off by the prequel aspect and the fact that it's called Gladiator Begins, which sounds like Nate has thought of Batman Begins and changed it. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> Ghostus. Ghost Ghost that. <laughs> that, that yeah. sounds like something Ghostus has done. <laughs> because, because also, like, if we we have absolutely no, uh, we do have not heard of this game before, so it seems unlikely that that. It would have been. It would have generated a prequel. Oh, and that's the. It's that. It, yes, and he's not just asking us to believe in Gladiator Begins, but the entire series it's attached to. <laughs> There's True, too yes. much. Ghostus. I'm afraid you ask too much of me. I'm saying. Ooh la la. I. Do you know what you've convinced me, Matthew? I'm going to say. Ooh la la. Yeah. I regret to inform you, citizens, that Gladiator Begins and Colosseum Road to Freedom. Are both real and expert games. <gasps> oh, no. nice! No way! Ah, oh, those jaguars are getting hungry. <laughs> when were they made? Are they? Oh, that's got to be some time ago. Jaguars? No, gladiator begins. God created them. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, so Ghostus is a Christian? Ah, uh, oh. well, yes, I've converted. Ah. Uh, no, when did they? When did those games come out, Ghosts? I've closed the Wikipedia page. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> Put it in the show notes. What's uh, What's the next uh, game on your nice Ulala list? The next game is simply called Dewa. Uh, D E W A. Have you ever been to Chester, citizens? <laughs> no. <laughs> So you will find there, there is a, a museum of local Roman artefacts called Deva, which was the name of the Roman fort in Chester. And it's also <laughs> the name of a 2015 indie game, uh, which is produced in a game jam, so it's very quick to play. But it's mm. about being hunted through the corridors of that Roman museum by an eerily lifelike wax model of a Roman. What was the theme of the game jam? Yeah, uh, hauntings. Appropriately so you're enough, someone went to a game jam and they they had the theme hauntings. And of all the things they could have thought of, they thought the haunted Roman museum in Chester. No, we spoke previously, citizens, did we not, about the Sherlock Holmes game with creepy Watson? True. So this was inspired by that. It's quite easy to code. So you would walk around and you had to look at a number of display panels uh, to get information because you've been locked in overnight. And if you looked at enough panels, uh, you would get clues as to the way out. But for all the time right. you spent reading, you couldn't look behind you and the waxen apparition could appear. No, he's gone He's gone too far. He, I think Ghost has listened to the podcast where we talked about <laughs> Creepy Watson and his has quickly thrown that in to make it sound more it's plausible. Weirdly, it's weirdly thorough. I just don't know if you were a game that you would name it after, that you would call it Dewa, the name of a museum in Chester. <laughs> You'd call it Wax Beast or something. And and also, that that's basically just Night in the Museum. So. <laughs> Chester, with an anecdote from Sherlock Holmes shoved in. <laughs> Well, it's such a casserole of bullshit. 
<laughs> it's admirable. Though. I love like those just went there, but yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's, that's Ula. 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 Yes, it's it is a casserole, of course. <laughs> but it sounds quite good, doesn't it? No. <laughs> So, citizens, have you ever heard of a triclinium? Uh, that's part of the Roman house, isn't it? Is that the is that the entrance? Good knowledge, citizen. It was a formal dining room, uh, known for the pleasant chaise long like couches inside, and triclinium uh, was also or a, a phoneticization of triclinium. In Japanese, which I will not attempt to read, uh, was the name of a rhythm game uh, for mobile uh, from a few years back now. And although I would say it was only loosely Roman in theme, it did involve feasting. Um, you had loosely, I, uh, from the screenshots I've seen, they look classical at least, uh, fellows in, in togas reclining on these couches. And you would have... Bizarrely, Japanese food items are drifting past them on a sort of a wine river, and you would have to hit the buttons, as you do in a rhythm game, uh, to make them pop into the appropriate mouths. It was all very decadent, and I'm afraid so I can't really understand much more about it than that, but I think it counts as Roman. I think that sounds true. A Japanese rhythm game based on the entrance room of the Roman house. So the the dining the dining room it's a, the the entrance was the atrium actually. Oh, of course, yeah. Makes... Oh my word! I f- I, I, f- I just think it sounds plausible. It's so it's so crazy. It just might work. Mm. What's mm. your sticking point with it? I just I something about like the Japanese angle, as if to say like. I'll use that as justification for not being able to like fully explain it. Like if it oh. sounds half formed, it's because I didn't understand it. It's Interesting. Just, it just sounds like the structure of a ruse. If I was so trying taking, to lie, that's a trick I might rely on. Like you're taking a kind of like a, a meta view yeah. of the. I just the, don't the see why a gem, like would name it would. Hmm. But then the, there are a lot of really cool kind of subculture groups that get really into like specific moments and cultures in time in Japan like the the people that dress up as basically like greasers like American 1950s teddy boys kind of I can imagine there being people that are well into Rome as well oh it's tricky the Jaguars hunger citizens I'm going I'm going nice nice what do you reckon I'm going oh la la Ah, citizens. Matthew, cynicism has paid off. I made that s*** up on the spot. (laughs) But it sounds convincing. (laughs) Although you're right, it might have been slightly racist of me (laughs) to just use an overseas culture as a stand-in for not understanding something. Do um, Do you meet ghosts from other historical civilizations, ghostess? From time to time, yes. Are you all like mates? No, some of them are enemies. Oh no. dear. You can't put put your conflicts aside now that you're all dead. 
No, we're very narrow-minded. <laughs> You'd only have more time to dwell, wouldn't you? Yes, if you... Oh, those b from Carthage. Ooh. With their elephants. <laughs> <laughs> Nature's chariot. <laughs> Ghostus, are you aware of that? That elephants are sometimes referred to as nature's chariots. I think you'll find it's the other way around, citizen. But that doesn't make any sense because... The chariot is mankind's elephant. <laughs> yeah. No, a chariot is nature's elephant. That was Pliny, Pliny the Mega who said that. Surely an elephant is nature's elephant. No, no, it's a chariot. Pli- Pliny the Mega. <laughs> he was what he called he it when Pliny that. the Elder and Pliny the Younger stacked up and wore a coat. <laughs> Your next game, citizens, is Catechumen. Uh, and this was a first-person shooter. Um, and it was set, uh, appropriately enough, given your question a few minutes ago, Alice, during the early days of the Christian church. It followed a young student delving deep into the catacombs beneath the Eternal City in order to rescue his mentor from Satan. <laughs> okay, so first question. You say it's a first person shooter. Yes. Shooting what? Um a mini gun. <laughs> but it was it was a it sort of fired swords. <laughs> okay, alright. Okay. There was a minotaur. Listen. Oh, but now I'm like, you know, on Would I Lie to You, where they like deliberately make it sound like they're talking like total shit just to throw you off from the fact but that. But do you think the ghost is as familiar with the BBC show Would I Lie to You? Well, he might be, I don't know. He's got a lot of time on his hands. Sometimes, if I stand in the way of a television signal, the pictures will play on my tummy. Wow. <laughs> Like a Teletubby. Yes, but more spectral. I don't know, because... It's a Teletubby, face- except the footage is just David Mitchell lying. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite a weird Teletubby. <laughs> uh, uh, because on the face of it, that seems obviously like that's complete... That's a total fabrication. That's, that is ooh-la-la. Yeah, that's the thing. I think Ghostus has a bad habit of over-elaborating with lies and underselling the truth. <laughs> I think I should just go with your instinct, Matthew, because... <laughs> no, citizen, be your own warrior. <laughs> I think that's... I think that's nice. You think that's true? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Oh, I, I cannot deny your nose is accurate. <laughs> Catechumen was real. Uh, one of the most expensive Christian video games ever made by <laughs> by Lightning Software, who spent eight hundred and thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> so there you go. Oh god, a mini gun. That's not very Christian, is it? Uh, I will read you the paragraph. Um, the gold sword emits rapid-firing projectiles analogous to a machine gun. Well, there you are. Wow. 
There you go. Are you ready for one final game? Yeah. No, but... (laughs) (laughs) So, this game was called Eke Romani. And it was a tie-in to the popular series of school Latin textbooks released for the BBC Micro. Now, so as soon as you said Eke Romani, I was like, yes, that's real, because I remember that. But now I'm like, did I remember the books? So it was if you remember anything like Through the Dragon's Eye or Geordie Racer, if you are of the correct generation, uh, then this was somewhat like them. You have very crude 8-bit images of Davos, Sextus, Marcus, Flavia, and all your other favourites from Eke Romani doing the things they were accustomed to do, such as being chased by wolves and beating each other with sticks. Mm-hmm. Or baculo. Baculum? But I know Latin. I... <laughs> well, I'd expect you do. Um... Uh, oh, I don't know, because now and now I'm thinking of like the Cambridge Latin course as well, which is the other one that we'd, I did at school. So, I'm, oh my god, maybe. what schools did you snobs go to? I, a very like I went to a comprehensive, but in a very posh area. Um, yeah, well, Cambridge. I went Latin to course. a grammar school that wanted to be a private school. <laughs> did you not do Caecilius? Ky- Metella est in horto, Metella est in horto, said it. Oh, no. Is that like, uh, can I have some crisps? Uh, no, the Cambridge Latin course was just this very, like, kind of upper middle class uh, Roman family that um, uh, the dad was Caecilius uh, and then his wife was Metella. And I think Metella just means wife in Latin, but no, right. no, he had. When they would not stop eating crisps. When you learnt Latin in school, was it still like other foreign languages in that you learnt, say, like, my mum has brown hair? Or does Latin not work like that? No, because no, there's no point learning how to actually speak Latin. Oh, yeah, I guess it's not like, conversational, is it? It's not like, yeah, where, is unless, the, where is the town hall? Unless you're talking to the Pope. Uh, or ghosts. <laughs> or ghosts. I've just realised, of course, I told a complete lie a minute ago. I did not go to a, a grammar school. I was educated in a Roman villa where I grew up <laughs> oh, by a slave. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, the learning sheet Roman... begins to slip. <laughs> <laughs> learning, learning Latin is actually, it's more like a kind of theoretical language thing that sort of. What a waste of time. Well, no, it's, it's, oh, it's actually quite good if you are planning on studying like language and English and stuff because loads of the. Yeah, you're right. Um... I take it back. <laughs> Yeah. But loads of like the modern European languages have a, a basis in Latin or have some commonalities because of the the aforementioned Roman Empire. And then it's really interesting when you look at like languages that have a completely different and never got um, Roman. So like Irish is just so different to like other European languages and just how it's all constructed. Anyway, sorry. Okay, Romani citizens, what yes. is it to be? Nice. Oh, la la. I'm going to go nice. I'm going to go nice because I think. <laughs> nice. Because I think I do remember some sort of GCSE bite size something. And it would be nice to end on a true one, wouldn't it? 
<laughs> oh, Release no. the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. Why? We got more of them right than we got wrong. <laughs> Rome isn't fair. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no, the Jaguars. Oh. oh. Quick, run, run for it, Matthew. Run. Let's get out of this cave. <laughs> Let's escape through this sting. You're right. You look like you've been like lightly mauled by jaguars. Oh no, you. Were, we have had the weirdest time in the cavern of lies. You were right. We should not have gone in there. It was only bloody ghost us. Oh, but I've I think he was just to trying to scare us off so that he could set up a hotel. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the inkling I got. Yeah, someone by just had annoying to us with a quiz one. until we left. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we should try and unmask him sometime, but I feel like it'd be quite difficult. But yeah, God, we should not have, have gone down in there. My goodness. Oh, blimey. Well, I think it's probably... So we need to go have a lie down now. We should probably probably uh, come to the end of the podcast. But uh, we do have time to do some recommendations, I think. Oh, unless any... If, if we got time to do the Five Nights at Freddy's Book Club. Oh, no, probably, uh, probably nearly out of time, actually. Probably no, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's, that's for next week. Uh, that's for, we'll do that next week. Okay. Um, so f- come back next week for the Five Nights at Freddy's book club and we'll discuss the Five Nights at Freddy's novelizations that we've been reading. Um, and uh, now for this week, we will just leave you with some recommendations. Uh, and I would like to go first because I have an, an on-topic recommendation, which is very interesting. Ooh. So... Uh, I am watching at the moment The Sopranos because I've never seen The Sopranos and uh, I was struck by the pronunciation of some words that that are specifically Italian-American pronunciations like um, the sliced cured meat which written down we would pronounce or would assume would be pronounced capicola is pronounced gabagool (laughs) Yeah. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, and and stuff like that. And there's there's loads I love of, it when like, Tony just enjoys a bit of meat out of the fridge. It's very relatable. It so often, doesn't he? Yeah. Eating his meat and pasta, breathing like a hot pug. <laughs> like what a you, he couldn't he couldn't sneak up on you, you'd hear him coming. Um but but uh well, there, I don't there know, because like most of his gangster powers are quite heavy set and heavy breathers also. It's because of all the meat and just the carbs. Like and basically, anyway. if you're a smaller gangster, you can always creep up on a bigger gangster because they breathe <laughs> more deeply. That's it's, how Matthew works. It's like works. a murder babushka. You've got to go, the, you've got to go from the outside, inside out. <laughs> Wait, uh, that's not a babushka, it's like a grandmother. Yeah. You know, like Russian nesting dolls. No, yeah, but, but they're, they're, not they're called, called something else. Yeah, they're called, I've always called them babushkas. No, babushka just means granny. Oh, I've always called those those nesting dolls babushkas. Is that not a thing? Oh, I'll have no. To look, oh no, I'll look it up. We'll we'll confirm in the show notes what those dolls Matryoshka, are called. Matryoshka dolls. Oh, maybe, yes, I, maybe it's that. I misheard it and I've been calling them babushkas all my life. Awkward. No one's ever corrected yeah. me on it, though. So. Well. But the point still well, stands. A, a, a smaller gangster can assassinate a fatter gangster quite easily. Anyway, the point is that they, yeah, there are weird pronunciations uh, like that, and or like how they instead of saying mozzarella, they say mozzarella, 
with almost like a D sound in it and stuff. Um, really? And I found an article that is specifically about the the dialect uh, and the dialects of Italy and how the immigration from Italy to America kind of preserved a certain kind of northern, I think it was northern Italian uh, dialect and um, the evolution of uh, Italian-American slang and why they say these specific words quite differently. And it's really interesting. Uh, and I'm going to link that article in the show notes as my recommendation. Nice. Well, it just made me want to watch Sopranos again as well. Uh, Nate, what are you sending our viewers in their Build Your Own Aquarium kit this week? Well, um, horrendously, I'm actually going to to do what I'm meant to do this week. I've got a book recommendation. <gasps> My goodness. Um, yeah, it feels... Look, I'm just going to quickly put in a plug for Rainbow Slate. It's a great rock. Um, it's chemically <laughs> inert, so it won't increase your pH, uh, and it looks beautiful under a high-intensity LED. So okay. that's your part for this week's uh, RPS fish tank kit. Okay. Um, but the book, uh, I had to because it's, it's on theme. Uh, it's called 16 Ways to Defend a Walled City uh, by KJ Parker. Um, and it's an incredibly dry, clever funny novel um set in like a fantasy version of rome so it's not rome uh, but it's a culture that's in every way modeled on rome and it's partly it's partly an excuse for the author to write a historical novel without being tied to to history and partly a way to sort of satirize rome um and the the central character is fantastic like i say it's really blackly funny it's got one of the weirdest endings i've ever come across uh, and it's it's a great read truly wow. special also yeah really you know it, it's interesting in terms of sort of siegecraft and military history without being you know something for war buffs it's good nice Sounds good. No, hang on nice <laughs> Uh, what about you, Matthew? Uh, inspired by this Rome chat, I'm going to recommend the slightly naff TV show Spartacus from about 10 years ago, uh, which was an incredibly ultra-violent tale of gladiators and 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 the kind of political intrigue uh between the kind of owners of the kind of various gladiator schools, um, you know, a, a loose adaptation of, of Spartacus, uh, but it was it was done in this like hyper real, almost like three hundred, the film. So like Ooh. everything's blue, everything's like green screen. None of it looks real at all. It's incredibly <laughs> violent, as in like ev- like bl- CG blood everywhere. I think gladiators get like the most of it is just like. F- like there's loads of full frontal nudity in it the whole time because all the gladiators are just fighting out in the sun like wearing no clothes. It's, <laughs> it's and because of this, I think cause it's so trashy. Like, they they don't have many like I don't think it's I'm being cruel to say they're not like legit actors. I think a lot of them are like bodybuilders 
They're all Australian for some reason. <laughs> this sounds <laughs> so phenomenal. The quality of acting is terrible. Like the line delivery, it's just like who's who's the right size and doesn't mind being naked most of the time. Um, <laughs> but for, but, so they've got this real trash level of all the gladiators. Although the main guy who plays Spartacus is actually really charismatic. Sadly, uh, it's not a spoiler. He he he. Um, the actor died. Uh, like halfway through it and they recast him. But he's very, very charismatic in the first, I think it's the first two seasons he's in. Um, But the owner of the school is John Hanna and his wife is played by Lucy Lawless. Um, And it's really, it's dumb TV written by very smart people. It's it's trashy and so much fun. Um, Sounds incredible. Honestly, check it out. It looks, if you go and find clips of it online now, it looks so weird, like the CG stuff, but it's like loads of backstabbing, except like you see the sword go in the back and come out the chest and then wiggle around a bit. <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, would you describe it as being quite fat blood? Oh, it's magnificent <laughs> fat blood. It's the fattest of bloods. Fattest fat of blood. Fat blood. Hashtag fat blood. Hashtag, all right, that sounds. I genuinely am excited to check that out. Thank you very much for your recommendations this week, uh, Matthew and Nate. And thank you, the listener, for dropping by to this episode 105 of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotguns PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which this week was about Romans and the Pope, uh, and not fish, remarkably. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, do remember to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is www.youtube.com forward slash rock paper shop. Um, go to our merch store to check out our lovely t-shirts, which is teespring.com forward slash store forward slash rock paper shotgun. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter where we are at rock paper shop. Uh, you can like us on Facebook and uh, you can, of course, always uh, go to www.rockpapershotgun.com for all your PC gaming hijinks and needs. Uh, And all that is left to say this week is goodbye. So goodbye, Nate and a presence. Bye-bye. Farewell. Uh, Goodbye, beware the ides of Matt. Goodbye. Uh, And goodbye from me, Alice Bell. And uh, do come back next week because we have, and this isn't a spoiler, I don't think, but we have a very special episode next week uh, that maybe fans of Heroes of the Brainlands might like to uh, to listen in for. Oh. Bye! Bye!